Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 57 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with Emily Walker, all about creating a learner-centered mindset. So this episode is going to be great if you have a course or are thinking about creating a course, but it's also beneficial if you are just wanting to make sure that the information you're putting out there is beneficial to your audience. Emily walks us through how she got started in learning design and what exactly that means, as well as why you can apply these principles to everything that you do in business. We then talk about the mindset you should have when choosing to educate your audience through a course and how you can get started in the right mindset. She talks about goal statements and how that can guide you in your course creation, marketing, and more as you make decisions to create something that's really going to benefit the people who are learning from you. And she explains some of the key questions that you can ask yourself during the process of learner-centered design. We also have a brief conversation about why we need to think outside of the box of what everyone else is doing as they are creating opt-ins and courses and really figure out what's going to work best for the people that we are trying to reach and that we are trying to educate instead of following along with what seems like it's the industry standard. In addition to that, we have a discussion about why The key piece of any course is not just what you're trying to teach and how your learners will be transformed, but how you do things as a unique individual and why it's so important to make that a part of everything you do so that you can stand out in a crowded industry. We then talk about the ways that focusing on your learners benefits your business and some tips for creating courses that are learner-centered. Emily Walker wants to live in a world where people teach their passion. PowerPoint karaoke isn't a thing, and designing an online learning experience is as simple as Sunday mornings in yoga pants. As the founder of Course Wellness with Emily and the Course Wellness podcast, she helps heart-centered entrepreneurs design online courses that support their audience through their transformative learning journey. When she's not designing or auditing courses, you can find her cuddling with her two cats, drinking matcha lattes, and planning her next trip to France. Learn more about Emily at her site, coursewellness.com, and be sure to check out the Course Wellness Wheel and her new podcast. Hi, Emily. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Samantha. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I am too. So I read your bio at the top of the show and gave a little intro, but why don't you tell us some more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I am from Victoria, BC in Canada. I'm currently looking out the window at some beautiful sunshine, which is so rare where we're from. We get tons of rain, but I still promote telling everyone to come and visit here because I think everyone should come here at least once. In terms of a bit more about me, um, I'm a learning designer, which means that I help creative, heart-centered business owners take their years of experience and knowledge and transform it into online programs. It's something that I kind of, I always say I fell into. It's not a career that I ever knew even existed, but I just, once I found it, I just kind of ran with it. It's something that I love so much. And so I just, it's one of those topics I just can't stop talking about. Anytime people are like, what is learning design? I just get so excited. Awesome. So how, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started doing learning design and then how you started working with creatives? Yeah, for sure. It's actually kind of a, like, I guess like a little bit of an odd start into the field. I actually did all of my studies in French. I thought that I was going to be a French teacher. That's kind of what my dream was leaving high school. So I did my undergraduate degree and my master's degree and all the way through, I was like, yep, I'm going to be a French teacher. But part of me just didn't fully connect into that career path. I knew I loved education. I knew I loved teaching people, but there was just something about, I don't know, it just something wasn't resonating for me. And so along the way in my master's degree, actually, I had a little part-time job during my studies working at the student ID center. And while I was working there, we had this big transition over to using new software, handing out new cards, everything changed. 
And my director at the time was just kind of running around like a chicken with her head cut off. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to get all this new information to the staff. There's so much for them to learn in such a short period of time. And I was like, Hey, like, why don't I put together a little training or a guide or something for just to help staff out. And so I didn't realize it, but at the time I was actually doing learning design. I was kind of looking at what the goals were for the ID center, what they needed to know, um, and what was a way that we could teach all the student staff that, as I think we've all been there when we were students, our attention span was not high. And so I just kind of started doing that, and I realized, I was like, I really like this level of education. I like having someone else as the subject matter expert and being able to help them take it and pull it into something fun and engaging and help kind of bring their vision to life. And so because I was in the academic world, which is just so closely tied to the corporate world, that was kind of the only option I thought was available to me. So I did some more academic training, and then I started taking on some corporate contracts in the town that I live in and working with another company and just really growing those skills. And I've been doing that for about two years. And at the same time, I was discovering the wonderful vortex that is Pinterest and everything that you can just get totally lost down that rabbit hole. And it started out with being totally obsessed with branding and brand style guides, which led me into people's blogs about these, you know, brand stylists, brand developers, graphic designers that were running all their businesses online. And that was when this sort of new world was revealed to me. Like I People that are in the creative online space, I always say it's kind of like Narnia. Until you actually walk through that door and you you are in that other world, you have no idea that it exists. And so it was a very organic developing. I was discovering this other world and I realized that all these online entrepreneurs that were, you know, predominantly women that were just totally killing it, like just being amazing at what they do and so heart-centered. And I was like, these are my people, like everyone I've connected with, everyone I've chatted with, I've just been so amazing. And I was seeing that they were all developing these online courses. And when I started looking at the information that was available in the online world versus the information that was available in sort of the academic and the corporate world, I realized that there was a bit of a gap. In the corporate academic world, there's all these theories, there's all these tips, these tricks, you know, there's tons of buzzwords, all this information, but it's really technical, it's really jargony, it's kind of can be dry at times. And then, you you know, flip over to the online creative world, and a lot of that information is just getting lost. And so you see these people developing these courses, and maybe they're not getting the results they want, or their learners aren't finishing them, or they're not getting the transformation, or really appreciating all the amazing hard work that's gone into creating this online course. And I was like, like, this is it. This is, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. I want to take all this information, this background that I have, and share it with the online space. Thanks for sharing that. I stumbled into this world too when I first started freelancing and my real first introduction was some of the webinars and the courses people were offering and it felt like, you know, you said, Narnia, that there's this whole world that most people don't know about of online businesses and so we have a great opportunity to create courses and teach others but we're not used to that. Most of us don't come from a teaching background. We don't know how to create something that's actually going to be engaging. We're just trying to get the information out. Yeah. And I think that's so true. And I think that people want to get the information out because they're so passionate about what they're doing and what they know. And sometimes in that passion and that excitement and that heart centered place, it can just start to feel kind of overwhelming because you're like, I just, I have so much that I want to share with my people and I don't really know where to begin. I don't know how to organize it. I just, you know, but I know that I want to put it out there because I know that this will change people's lives. All right. So I know you talked about this a little bit earlier, but as we get into this topic of creating a learner centered mindset, Can you go over again what a learning designer is? Yeah, for sure. So a learning designer wears many hats. That's kind of one of the things that I love is that we we take on a bunch of roles. And one of the best ways I can describe it is, and I think most people can relate to this feeling of like, if your head is just so full of thoughts and ideas and content, and you just wish that you could like unscrew the top of your head, take all of your ideas out, throw them on the table 
sort them out and organize them in a way that actually makes sense while kind of tossing out the stuff that you don't need. And that's one of the things that a learning designer helps you do is it helps you look at everything that you know and the experience you have and your knowledge and your content and structure it into a learning journey. Make sure that everything that you have, everything that you put together in your course makes sense and is there and is intentional with why it is there for the learner. And so not only do we help you organize your content and structure your content, we also help you create a holistic learning experience, not just organized information. So there's lots of different like levels to the learning there. And so with those different hats that we wear, you know, we kind of, we organize that your content, we help keep the perspective where it should be because it's pretty easy to kind of like go off on different tangents or start thinking about different things. I always tell my clients, I ask a ton of questions, like so many questions and they're never, you know, meant to be challenging or in the sense of like, I'm not trying to tell you that I know more about you in your subject area because I don't. And that's the beauty of learning design. It's a collaborative approach. I know that you are the expert of your subject matter area and I bring the learning design expertise and together we create this fantastic learning experience for your audience. And so my job is to ask you lots of questions to make sure that things are going in the right order or why are you including that or what does this process mean? And it helps you get that kind of external perspective on what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. There might be gaps in the sense that you're so used to talking about something because it is your world and you have your jargon and you've been doing this for a couple of years. And then when you're teaching it, you're forgetting that there are people out there who don't know all those things and they need to be guided and supported through from start to finish. Do you mostly work with people who have courses or can some of this be applied to other types of education that people are doing? Yeah, so the beauty of of kind of the different tips and strategies that I give is they can actually be applied to pretty much everything. So I definitely, I, to answer kind of like your first question, as I work with people who they already have courses and maybe they want to take it to the next level or they just, they know they're ready to create their signature course and we're kind of starting from scratch. So, you know, kind of a, a spectrum there. But the definitely kind of the tips and the strategies that I'm happy to share in a little bit can be applied to lots of different things. You know, whether you're creating a signature course that's like eight to 10 modules, whether you're creating a webinar or even an opt-in freebie, the process is the same and the mindset should be the same. And another thing that I always say to people is like, you know, definitely like all of these, like the strategies and the mindset can be applied to those, but they can also be applied to yourself as well. If people are ever wanting to almost create their own curriculum for themselves, like we, if they're having a goal in their business and they know like, I want to master Facebook ads, but I'm stubborn and I don't want to take one course on it. I want to do the research myself. You can take some of these strategies and use them to create a plan for yourself so that you know that you are focusing in the right places and not just grabbing absolutely everything that throws at you. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about mindset in there. So let's get into that. And what mindset should the listeners have if they're choosing to educate their audience through a course or something else they're creating? Yeah. So the learner-centered mindset, I think, is so key. And it's something that goes really well with being a heart-centered business owner. And so the learner-centered mindset really, this is going to sound redundant, it puts the learner at the center, at the heart of everything that you do. So that means that every decision you make, every piece of content you include or don't include, everything from start to finish comes back to how will this affect the learner? How will this make them feel? How will this support them? How will this add to their experience? How could this take away from their experience? So what I always say that the best way to think about it is that your course or your, we'll call them learning experiences because it could be a course, a webinar, a freebie, whatever, is a journey. You have your learner at the beginning and thinking about what are they struggling with? What's their pain point? How are you going to help them? Because what, where are they right now? What's the problem? And then as they walk forward through their journey at the end, 
They are, you know, how do you want them to feel? Where do you want them to be? How will they be different? How will they be transformed? And this sort of path between those two places, that's your learning experience. That's the learning journey. And so thinking about it in that way is going, how can I, you know, support them and lead them by the hand so that this journey is as seamless as possible and as easy as possible for them and also not overwhelming because that's something that can happen really easily is it's not that there's not enough content. It's that there's too much that there's We just throw everything at them. It's like, if you think about if you were planning on going for a hike or maybe out for a walk or something, and then like your mom was like, Pat, getting you ready to go. And she's like, Oh, it's sunny out, but you know, there's a chance it could blizzard. So here have a parka, have a backpack and have like 18 water bottles and 10 snacks and all of these possible things, maybe an umbrella, like everything you can need. And you're like, I'm just going out for like a 10 minute walk. It's going to be okay. You know, so kind of putting that in perspective about not weighing them down on this journey that you're going to send them on because they're going to feel like you're there with them every step of the way. Yeah, I think that we are so passionate about what we do that it's really hard for us to narrow in on just sharing what somebody needs. And I see this from a web design perspective as people want every single page possible and they want everything that they could possibly throw at a website on their website because they want to share what they're doing. They want to share about all of this but really that's overwhelming to people and it causes people from their website to leave. They don't know what to do or where to focus. And so they choose to go somewhere else. And I think this sounds very similar when you have all of this information you're trying to share and you're trying to just throw everything out there. It can be overwhelming for people because they're coming to you because you're an expert and you can guide them through something. Completely, completely. And I love that you compared it to web design because like I said, it's like these principles of these ideas, they're just, they're everywhere and you can see how they can be applied everywhere. And it's so true that, you know, if you go to a website and there's like 18,000 pages and all these buttons and all this content, people are going to be like, I, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know where to go. And it's the same with this, with a course. If someone opens it up and they go, okay, well, you have 20 modules and each module has five lessons and each lesson has a three hour video and a 30 page workbook and, and that type of thing. And it's really easy for them to go, I don't have time for this. And this is way too intense for me. Like I can't handle this. It's kind of a bit of pushback that, we need to start thinking about in the online space because I see it again and again in conversations of people going, okay, well, like my course has this many modules and like how long should my videos be? And you know, how many pages of an ebook should I have? And if it's like a 30 page ebook and if it's a two hour video, how does that affect the price and this type of thing? And it's this very almost like materialistic mindset where, you know, sometimes maybe you do need 30 pages to explain something, but it doesn't necessarily need to be presented in that way. You need to be thinking about like, how can I break this down into bite-sized pieces? Because no one's ever going to go, that was too easy. Like, oh my goodness, Samantha just made this process too easy for me. She saved me a ton of time and I got this done so fast and it was just like step-by-step and yeah, it was so easy that I just, I can't believe it. Like no one's ever going to say that in a negative light. Yeah. And I heard a conversation on a podcast, I don't remember which one, about people who are creating courses and they're adding all of these bonuses and we see other people doing it. And, you know, they have this many modules and this many bonuses. So I need all of that too. And we think that it's adding value because it's more stuff, but it's really just adding more distraction to the people who are coming to us to learn a specific topic. Yeah, completely, completely. And it is because it's going, I went to the library because I need one book on this one topic. And then all of a sudden you have 15 books and they pile up next to your bed and you feel guilty because you haven't read any of them because you don't know where to start. Or maybe even one of those bonuses is shiny object syndrome. And we're kind of going, Ooh, like I'm going to check this out. And it distracts them from their path. And all of a sudden, like you said, they're not actually getting the main purpose of what they bought and what they want. Do you know what your dream clients see when they come to your website? The only way to figure out how your dream clients are using your website and what makes them leave is to ask them. I've created a special UX test guide that you can get at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. 
Inside, you'll learn how to structure a user experience test to get the best results, 18 questions to help you really see your website through their eyes, and my favorite way to find dream clients to help you. You need to look at every stage of your client's journey from landing on your website to completing the final goal through their eyes so that you know what to change right now to start converting more visitors into clients. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. Okay, so if somebody wants to create a course, where should they start so that they can avoid sort of all of this distraction and really focus on their learners? Yeah, for sure. So there are, I always say this kind of like pre-steps that I put as kind of like before you get to the actual like learning design. And so it would depend if they're starting out, like they have their idea, they know who their people are. The very first step would be really visualizing what that learning journey is. So thinking about where is their audience right now? What is the pain point? What is the problem? What is their course going to solve for their people? And then on the other end of that sort of path, that learning journey spectrum is how will they be transformed after their course after they take their course how do they want them to feel how what will they be able to do how will their life be better so the number one thing that i say for everyone regardless of you're creating a course a webinar a freebie anything is coming up with a goal statement or a purpose statement you know whichever word resonates more with you and i always say that this statement is like your lighthouse It is your guiding beacon so that whatever you're doing, you know, you're starting to develop your course, you're starting to feel overwhelmed, or maybe you, you know, you're feeling really in control. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know. I started out to create a course on one subject and all of a sudden I'm like way down a vortex of something else. And I don't know how I got here. Bringing it back to this goal statement, which is thinking about what is the purpose of the course? So I always say, you know, what are you educating, teaching, empowering your audience to do and then the major the most important second piece of that statement is so that they are able to what so how will their lives be transformed how will it be different or easier or you know that type of thing so I think about you know for instance if you are designing a course on teaching people French so that they can go to Paris you would want a goal statement, something like, you know, the goal of this course is to provide learners with the language skills and the resources so that they can travel the city of light like a local, or they can visit it with ease, or they can travel stress-free. Like it's that second piece that's so important. Not only does it tell you what the focus is, but if you're ever marketing it or you want to talk about or tell people the course is saying like, this is the why. This is the why you are taking this course because that's what people really buy into. And especially in the online world where there's a lot of courses on the same topic, it's that why that can make a big difference. So in that same example, there's so many courses out there that are teaching French, but you know, maybe there's ones out there that are teaching French so that you can speak to French diplomats. Or maybe it's French so that you can like get yourself a French boyfriend or whatever it may be. It's like with that different goal, that different focus, the different why, you're going to have people connecting in and resonating differently. And it really does help hold that focus for when you're creating your course because every decision that you make, every module you have, every content you include or don't include, you can come back to your goal statement and go, is this helping me meet this goal? Is this going to help me get my learners the transformation that I want them to have? Is this going to change their lives? So it gives you that kind of that focal point. Yeah, I love this idea. And I think you're right. It helps you as you choose the modules and the content you're sharing. It helps with the marketing because we're always telling people, you know, you need to have the why behind what you're doing. And I think it would also help when you feel like, there are so many courses about this exact same thing out there. That's sort of the statement that tells you, this is why I'm doing it. This is what's going to make it different. 
And it can remind you that even though there are a ton of people out there who are teaching French, you're doing it for a different reason. And that means it's going to be done in a different way. And so it's still needed. Yes, completely. And, and I, I would add to that as well. Just the kind of the second piece in that as because like I said, there is a lot of saturation and, and you were saying like there are lots of courses on the same topic, even if there is a course out there that's the same topic and maybe even their gold statement might read the same. Also realizing the unique identity that you bring to it as a teacher. You know, I think it's like a, a Dr. Seuss quote that's, you know, no one out there is you than you. And that has so much value as well. And if you are there showing up as a teacher, as an educator, as a knowledge sharer with your audience, that in itself, if you approach that with your learner-centered mindset, with your heart-centered mindset, then that also is going to add that extra layer of uniqueness to your learning experience. Yeah, I think that part is usually the hardest for creatives is feeling like in most of us are in industries that are very saturated and we feel like there's no reason that I should stand out. And it's all about you being you. And if we look at a regular market, you know, there are a ton of different airlines. Nobody is saying that there shouldn't be more airlines, you know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so we just have to get that mindset across and accept that the person that we are and our personality and our experiences bring something different and they're going to resonate with different people that other things might not. Yes, completely. Oh, I love your airline example. It's so so true. And, and it's a perspective that I think a lot of us don't necessarily take in the online space. It's really, like you said, it's easy to feel like, oh, it's saturated. There's so many people doing what I'm doing, which means maybe I just shouldn't do it at all. And it's like, no, like you bring your own uniqueness to it and that should be celebrated. Okay. So what are some key questions that people can ask themselves during the process of learner-centered design that really just keep them in that mindset? Because you just mentioned the goal statements, definitely like the number one thing is always referring back to that. Like, is this meeting this goal? Is this going to bring them to this goal? Is this connected? Is this focused in? Another great question to ask, whether you're talking about the entire learning experience or maybe specific parts is, how do I want my learners to feel? And this question is so important because it adds that extra layer of experience to the learning. I will say it's kind of the, I don't know, like it's like the wrapping paper that you put around it. It's, It's the how you deliver things. And it can be a piece that often gets forgotten because we get so caught up in, you know, how we're going to record our videos, how we're going to put together our worksheets, what platforms we're going to use, the kind of the technical details that we forget that how we actually present it and share it and structure it has a huge effect on the learning. And so the examples I always give is like, if you're teaching a course that is maybe it's more reflective and it's more introspective you know maybe it's a course where people have to overcome some blocks or some limiting beliefs when you ask yourself how do I want my learners to feel right now in this moment it might be you know I want them to feel more calm I want them to feel you know a bit more zen maybe I need them to be more introspective and focusing inward so what can I include in this course to bring them into that feeling to really enhance the learning Whereas if you have a course and you want, maybe it's on, you know, helping people have these big creative visions, you know, whether it's like, let's visualize what you want your dream website to look like. Let's get you into that creative space. It's going to be a very different energy and a very different feeling than if you want them to be really calm and focusing inward and that type of thing. So how you present your materials, how you structure it, what you include, you know, maybe in the first example, you have them do a five minute meditation, or maybe in the second example, you have them put on some rocking tunes on YouTube and just like say, go have a dance party and get your energy up because this is going to be super fun. And so that's one of the number one questions I always tell people to ask is, how do I want my learners to feel? How do I want them to feel in each specific module? How do I want them to feel at the end of this experience? And in general, how do I want them to feel on their own and with me as their guide? I loved the music example there because it reminds me of for social glue sessions with Reina, she created like a playlist on Spotify 
And I love listening to that one when I need to get pumped up. And it just creates that atmosphere that she wants us to have as we work. And it's a little bit outside of the box. It's not like a video or a PDF that you're reading, but it still focuses you on that key thing that she is trying to create. Yeah, that's such a fantastic example. And I just, I love the energy that Raina brings. And that's such, like you said, it's such an out of the box thinking, but it stuck with you and it, and it resonated with you. And it's something that's carried on with you even now that, you know, the round of social glue sessions has ended and it ties in more, you know, I'm sure if you, you asked her and, and it was one of the things that, you know, when I was working with Raina and I was speaking with her, I was like, you know, how do you want your learners to feel right now? And she's just so full of, sunshine and bubbliness that, you know, it's like, that's something that we want to incorporate in because it also connects in with how she wants her learners to feel through her learning experience. Yeah. So are there any other key questions that we should be asking ourselves through this process? I think definitely another great question is just why am I including this or why am I putting this into my course or why is this important, you know, that it's those why questions, because the best courses are developed with intentionality and alignment. And so if you're starting out with your goal statement and looking at, you know, the things that they need to do and know to get to that goal statement, and then looking at your, everything that you're including, not just from your content, but also for the community and the support and the engagement around that, asking yourself, like, why am I putting this in there? And sometimes, you know, you have to ask yourself that question more than once. I'm a big fan of the five why method, which is just asking yourself why again and again and again until on a certain subject, until you get to the real heart of it. For instance, someone's like, well, I want to include this bonus in my course. And you go, okay, well, why are you including that bonus? And I go, well, because it's super helpful for my learner. And you're like, why is it super helpful for the learner? And you just keep asking them and maybe they'll go, well, it's a great tool that's going to get them to that goal. And they go, yeah, sweet, include it. That's perfect. But sometimes they'll go, well, why are you including it? And they're like, well, because, you know, everyone includes bonuses in their course. And they're like, well, like, why do you feel like you need to do that? Or why are you throwing that, bo- that bonus in there. Maybe it's going to distract from the learning. Maybe it's not going to add to the, the process. And so really asking yourself, why? Why, why, why? Like again and again and again. And that will really help you sort through and sift through the things that you're doing to make sure that you're staying on focus. Yeah, that 5Y method is something I just started implementing really with my website design clients too and getting at the heart of something. I think when you ask it just one time, you can come up with sort of the answer that you think people want to hear. But when you have to keep digging into it, that's when you get to the heart of either what your business is about or what this course is about or what the real issue behind something is. Yes, completely, completely. And it can be hard sometimes. Sometimes you get to the third why or something and you're like, no, this is it. I've gone as deep as I can. And it's like, but have you? Can you <laughs> go a bit deeper? You know, and so like, it's funny because sometimes I'll be saying it with my clients and I'll be like, I'm going to push you on this a little bit. Like, I, I really want to know like the why behind this, because especially if we've been doing things a certain way or we've always, we structure things because we're like, well, that's how we always structure it. And then kind of the beauty of working with a learning designer is you bring someone in who doesn't know your topic really like at all. You know, like I may have a website and know, like I've read a couple little things about website design, but I do not know it the same way that you are the expert of designing these amazing websites. And so you might have your, your way of doing things. And I go, but from a learning perspective, is that the order that they need? Why are you putting things in that? sequence or why are you teaching things that way and it's if you have an answer and it you can justify it then it's like I'm not going to question you any further it's just that sometimes we're like oh well like I don't know that's just how it's always been and it's like well is that what's best is that the best way to teach someone yeah and we all have these things that we you know this is the standard, this is the way everybody does it. And so we are tempted to fall into that. And I think asking why can help you get out of that. And as children, like we're always asking why and we get away from that, but it's a really good practice to come back to it, especially for these important things to dig into that more, to get the reasons behind it. 
And even to ask, okay, well, why is this the standard way people are doing things? Is it because it's the way that works best or is it just because that was the way one person did it and then everybody was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Let's just keep repeating and repeating it. And all of a sudden it's been like a year and a half and everyone's like, well, that's just the industry standard way of doing things. And it's like, but how do we know that? Where did that come from? And is that serving people? Yeah. And our industries are so new in a lot of ways that I think we're still working on an industry standard. And there's a lot of flexibility in what we're doing to try things that are out of the box. Yeah. And I think I love that word try as well. And it's bringing, like you said, that that childlike sense of play and curiosity and, and not judgment, not worry about like, I'm going to ask why, and I'm going to kind of challenge this and explore and put things together in a different way. And, you know, maybe it will respond and people will love it and maybe they won't, but that's like kind of another really important piece of learner centered design is creating that dialogue and that communication with your learners. So, you know, whether you, or leading a live round of your course and you're checking in with them constantly, or maybe, you know, it's completely passive and you have those touch points, but always going back in, whether it's with a midway assessment or like a uh, evaluation or something at the end and going like, is this working for you? Like, is this what you want? Is this what you like? Because that's the other thing that I really often stress is that, you know, we can throw learning design and adult learning theory and all the tips and the tricks and the strategies and like nine times out of 10, they're going to work and they're going to respond just based on the psychology of how adults learn. But every once in a while, you know, for a certain topic area or a certain group of people, you know, like if you're working with a really niche group of people, they might go like, yeah, that's not working for me. That's not what I need. I know that, you know, most people may like bite-sized learning and, you know, small videos and quick worksheets, but like, give me one giant ebook. That's what I want. And it may go against everything that we, we think about, but having that dialogue with the learners to go like, this is about you. I want to serve you and I want to get you this transformative experience. So how do we get you there? Yeah. And even if it's not the way that we learn, it's important to focus on the way that they learn. And my husband is a teacher, and so he's always having to teach things in multiple ways for the different learners that he has in his classroom, mm -hmm. and we have to keep that in mind, too. I think it's really tempting to say, well, I learn best by listening to a podcast, and so that's what I'm going to do, and that's what everybody's going to get, but when you're actually focusing on the people you're teaching, you're going to have to shift and change and offer different things for different types of learning. Completely. Yeah. And having that awareness is like half the battles won there. You were kind of aware of it. So now you know what to do when you actually start creating. Yeah. So how can focusing on your learners, like doing all of this benefit your business? Oh, there's, oh, there's so many ways. I'll, I will like, yeah, like I, I, you know, you know me, I'm such a huge advocate for learner centered design, but I think the the number one way that it will just from a, a practical standpoint is that if you are designing a course that focuses on the learner, that takes their needs into consideration and leads them through this journey in a way that they feel so supportive and it feels so manageable that they actually get to the end of your course they go through that transformation you know that problem you solve it for them then in a sense they're no longer your learner they've transformed into an advocate for your course and that is like free marketing you have these people going out there and going like I just took Samantha's course. It was the most amazing thing. Like before my website was a hot mess and now it is like the most amazing thing on the planet and she made it so easy and so great. And they're going out there and they're telling everyone because let's be real. Like if you design a course and people don't finish it, which on average 90% of people don't finish courses they buy online. Like that's a huge number. If they're not finishing it, we're probably not going out there and telling people about it. And so that's like one of the most practical ways it can benefit your business is because you're growing exponentially. Not only are you marketing and sharing what on your end, but you're having this network of learners going out there talking about how you changed their lives and you get these amazing testimonials and these stories. And that's what people buy into. I mean, think about it when you ask anyone for any recommendation, you can read 
TripAdvisor reviews all you want for good restaurants, but if you have a friend that's like, hey, I went here and it was great, that's probably where you're going to go. And, and so that's one of the best ways for learner-centered design. And I think also it really benefits you as a teacher because you know and you can feel confident putting your course out there going like, this is going to serve them. This is going to make me feel good because I am transforming their lives. I am helping them solve these problems. And I'm really serving my people, which can add that confidence for charging the price point that you want to charge. Yeah. And finishing courses is a big thing because most of us, like you said, don't finish them. And I think if you can create something that people are actually going to finish And part of that is just really getting to the heart of something and not having too much information. It can really benefit people. And then they're going to see the transformation that you wanted them to get. Yeah, completely. Okay. So what tips do you have to help us create courses that are learner-centered that maybe we haven't covered yet? I think probably the best tip that I would say that we haven't quite touched on yet is Thinking of learning as an experience, not just as information. There's so much more that goes into creating a learning experience than just the content that you're sharing and the delivery method. You know, you have your content and you have whether it's, you know, videos or audio workbooks or, you know, whatever it may be, but there's all these other pieces that go with it. You know, you have your motivation and your support and your community and the structure and the different bells and whistles that you're putting in there. And so really thinking about this when you're creating it as a holistic experience and making sure that you're serving all those different aspects of course design equally. All right. So can you give us an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Yeah. So I think Probably one of the the best examples I have is that serving my clients well from this place of being heart-centered and being learner-centered, it's the same as when you apply learner-centered design to your courses, you can actually see the transformation happening. And so through working with my clients and serving them well, then they go out and they share these transformations and these how I've helped them with their course design or whether it's a course audit and they feel so much more comfortable and clear and in alignment with their vision. And so not only does that make me feel really just so happy to see it, but then, you know, they're going out and they're talking to people about it and they're, they're kind of sharing what they've learned. And I think that's one of the things that I love is not only are they telling people who maybe they come and connect and we get to know each other and maybe we work together, but also I'm seeing people take some of the strategies or the tools that we talk about through our process of working together and they still apply it in their businesses and they still are teaching it to other people. And I've, one of the people that I, I worked with when I was first getting started, we're still friends or, you know, she's one of my biz besties now. And she even said, she's like, you know, I just, I can't get the learner centered design mindset out of my head. I was creating an opt-in and that was what I was thinking of the whole time. I was like, what are my goals? Like, what is the goal of this opt-in? And so she is a good example because she's been telling everyone about this mindset and about these things that she's learned. And so in turn, it's kind of getting it out there and telling people that my business is is able to help them. That's awesome. And I love that she's continuing to use that. And you guys have developed a relationship because of the work that you did together. Yes, clearly. And that's what I believe in. And especially because it's like, as part of my process, like we're together two hours a week for four weeks in a row. It's like, we're going to get to know each other really well. And you want to have that relationship. I, I like sending snail mail to my clients. I like knowing about when your birthday is. It's just like, I'm here to support you. And yeah, I'm a service provider, but I want to support you in all that you do in all your business. And I, um, I love being a cheerleader for my clients and just seeing the things that they accomplish. Tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Okay. Well, I'd say one thing that I'm loving that is not business is iced matcha lattes. They are my new obsession. I have to hold myself back because I can't get like too caffeinated because I get too excited. Um, But that's kind of like my little guilty pleasure right now for when the weather's starting to get nicer and just, you know, you started, you know, taking your laptop and working at a cafe and like having a good 
latte. So if you haven't tried one before and you're a green tea freak like me, that's kind of one thing I'm loving. In terms of business right now, there's so many things that are just totally lighting me up right now. I have just kind of started my podcast that I'm working on. I am so excited about it. I, you know, they've been putting out a bunch of episodes and I've been interviewing with people who have created courses and the things that they've learned. It's so exciting for me to not only be connecting with these amazing course creators, but also just hearing about their experience and how they put learner-centered design into their courses. And then the other advantage is that I get to talk more about learner-centered design, which is just totally my jam. It's something that I could talk about till I'm blue in the face. And so every time I get to record an episode or I see people talking about it or sharing it, it just, oh, it just makes my heart so happy. Okay. So what is your podcast called? So my podcast is called the Course Wellness Podcast. And so it has kind of two different types of episodes. One, like I said, you know, we're focusing on interviews with top course creators and what they offer through their course and how they make it learner-centered, what they've learned through creating their course and things that they include to make it unique. So it's a great source of inspiration and motivation and, you know, getting ideas and hearing all the amazing things that people are doing. And then interspersed with those interviews, I also have episodes where I really hone in and dive into different aspects of learner-centered design. So like what we talked about today, setting goal statements, keeping a mindset, how to keep your community involved, how to keep engagement up, all those different aspects I dive into. And if you are listening and, you know, leaving reviews and leaving comments and questions, like, please, if there's more things that you want to learn about, like, tell I go looking for it because I love answering questions. Yeah. I always love getting questions from people that then I can turn into podcasts because it means that you're giving people what they want to learn about. Yes, completely, completely. Okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? I am working on a tool that people can use for how they can improve their courses. So right now I have on my website what's called the course wellness wheel. And for people who are familiar with a life wheel, this is going to look really similar. But what it is, is it's applying holistic lens to your course. It's looking at all the different aspects that make up a well-rounded learning experience and making sure that you're serving all those aspects well. And what I'm working on is developing a tool so that you can provide a questionnaire to your audience and it will tell you which parts of the wellness wheel, the course wellness wheel, you need to be serving better or maybe need a bit of realignment or refreshing. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. And I am just super excited about it because I think it's really going to help people because Ultimately, like I said, it's about having that dialogue, that communication with your audience, with your learners. And so this is a way of asking the learners their experience going through your course. And then you'll find out what you're doing super well and what they're loving. And then what area of your course can maybe be taken to that next level. That sounds like an awesome tool. And I'm sure that it's going to be really helpful for people and make it easier to do that evaluation because that can always be a tough part of the business is really knowing what to evaluate and what it means. So I think this will help people with that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hoping is I'm all about giving tools to make this process easier for people and to help them really keep applying that learner-centered mindset to everything that they do. Okay, so as we wrap up, where can people find you online if they want to learn more and follow along? Yeah, so the best place to do would be to check out my website. It's coursewellness.com. And if you sign up for the mailing list, not only will you get your own copy of the Course Wellness Wheel, um, but you'll also be the first to know when that tool launches for that kind of adds that next level to the Course Wellness Wheel. And you'll also hear about kind of any updates, future podcasts, that type of thing. Beyond my website, I also love Instagram. So that's a great place to connect with me. It's at Course Wellness. I highly recommend that you connect. And if you ever have any questions, you know, dropping it into one of my posts or sending me a message or an email or anything, like I said, I'm all about helping people. And so I want to know 
what questions everyone has. And then that way, like, you know, like Samantha men- mentioned, we can create podcasts that ultimately serve you best. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing all of this information. I know that it's going to be helpful for people who are looking at creating courses, or even if they're just looking at finding a better way to teach what they know to the people who want to learn from them. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Um, This was so wonderful chatting with you and you got to listen to me ramble on about learner-centered design, which, you know, you kind of pulled me back sometimes because I, yeah, it's like a runaway train. I just love talking about it. So I'm so happy that I got to share it with your listeners. I hope that you learned a ton from this episode. I loved my conversation with Emily, and I am excited about seeing how you can take all of this information and apply it to your courses and your other educational content. Make sure you go and check her out at coursewellness.com and sign up for her email list so that you can hear about the Course Wellness Wheel updates and figure out how you can apply that for your own business. As we wrap up this episode, I wanted to give you three action steps that you can use as you take this information and apply it to your business. So the first is to create a goal statement. This might not apply to a course that you're creating right now, but if you have a goal statement about what you want to do and the transformation you want people to have, it's going to be an easy way to help you make decisions in your business. The second is to do a little bit of a brainstorm to think about things that are outside of the box of what everyone else is doing and maybe come up with some new ideas. And the third thing that I want you to take action on right now is to go and find something that you want to start learning about and maybe lay out a way that you can start doing that. And the third thing I want you to take action on is to choose something that you want to learn and find the best way for you to start doing that. I know that we all have a million things that we think we should learn, but if you just choose one and you can lay out what your goal for learning that is, you can start by getting that set up in the right way. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people to find the show and for us to find more guests that can come on and teach you about all kinds of topics. And feel free to share this on Instagram or message me about what you've learned from this episode and ideas for episodes in the future. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 